Hello and welcome to Market Savvy Conversations. My name is Megan Walker and today my very special guest is Melissa Savinov. Hello, Melissa. How are you? Good. Thank you, Megan. That's good. And Melissa is a paediatric OT and she has a program, Ricardo Reading Mouse, which we're going to talk about today, underneath the banner of her practice, which is called Triumphant Shout. So, Melissa, did I get that right? And, and tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's um, I have a company called Hosanna Triumphant Shout Children and under that I have my clinical practice for paediatrics, which I work part-time and I've been doing so since 2005 and that is called Triumphant Shout. And then probably about six or seven years ago, I developed a, a little bit of a lit, early literacy um, range, which you can see behind me there. I've got an ABC picture book, a Ricardo Reading Mouse and a word grid which I developed to help little preppies mainly uh, learn their CVC words. So it's got 230 of your uh, short vowel sound words in it all with a picture. And that came to be, uh, I homeschool all my five children and um, I've been doing that long-term and um, that, yeah, it just seemed to flow along with what I was doing there. And also in my pediatric practice, I was getting a lot of children with handwriting difficulties reading and spelling issues. So the read, write and spell flows with the, the handwriting and the improvement of handwriting as it relates to reading and spelling. So the books are in the Brisbane City Council and the Logan City Council libraries. And I've done a lot of online workshops and in-person workshops through all the libraries for help your child learn to read, write and spell and then adjusting learning environments to um, sensory needs. So I've done trainings for librarians and teachers and different things like that so I just love to see uh, children and, and families empowered and, and equipped and with the knowledge that we have as OTs and uh, yeah I, it's 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 very exciting and since COVID there's been lots of I guess home-based learning so uh, my books um, fit in well with supporting parents with that and and then moving into the online space versus seeing children in the clinical practice seems to to work flowing into an online course every time I talk to you I learn something new about you I, I can't believe I just heard for the first time that you have five children I shouldn't be stuck on that point but that's amazing wonderful yeah well they they are the youngest two I'm still homeschooling there are Rachel's 11 and Daniel's 15 but the others have all passed through my hands so to speak and two are at university and one's um a, a carpenter he did his apprenticeship so yeah, that's, um, <laughs> that's amazing. Tell me with your reading program, did, was that as a, a gap in the market that you thought, um, not, I don't want to say anything negative about curriculum, but were you looking at that and thinking yes. there's an opportunity to add more in here? Is that how it came yeah. about? There was basically, because um, I've, I've used the Australian standard curriculum for all of my children prior to it becoming the Australian curriculum, it was the Queensland curriculum. So I've used and just kind of meshed in different things and then seeing children in my private practice from probably 50 plus different schools privately public you know all the different combinations there was the school readiness that I'd done um, work with children in school readiness and a lot of people thinking well six weeks before school I'll get my child ready but actually starts from birth you know, talking, singing, reading, and there's the first Five Forever program that I've been involved with the librarians who run that in my area and doing the trainings in the libraries um, for parents so that you're equipped 
prior, you know, you're reading and talking and singing with your child and making them print aware and print knowledge and different things that can be low cost. And I actually have uh, a little program that I've written called Let's Get School Ready, which is on my website. And that's like three or four hours of uh, training, I guess, or programs that can give parents that support of what can I do? I don't have to spend millions of dollars at every toy sale to yeah. support my child. So lots of low cost support and, and getting your child ready for school so that the brain, basically in a nutshell, I was finding that the early learning needs of children, the parents weren't knowing what to do exactly. And kindy teachers were telling me that they're finding more and more children coming to kindergarten that can't toilet, can't mm. do so many things. They're not as independent as they were. And I mean, there's a whole lot of things going on. And so I developed that little uh, training there for parents to help support them moving into um, school. And in the libraries, I have been doing those trainings and supporting the library staff because a lot of a lot of librarians are the front, you know, where people go in to get library books and they can um, help parents select extracurricular reading and different things for home. And so I noticed that the ABC books were not just introducing your first initial consonant. There are a lot of complex sounds for children. So if you had English, the second language, which is a demographic in my area a lot, um, giraffe starts with a G, uh, but it's a J sound. So, and a lot of your ABC picture books, if you actually have a look at them, you've got I for ice cream, which is a long vowel. They're not all consistently short vowel and they're not all consistently your, your hard sound of your, your consonant. So my picture book has all your initial sounds and it's just very simple with two pictures per letter and upper and lowercase um, English alphabet. And then I was getting a lot of children with spelling difficulties, handwriting, learning, and the curriculum that my older boys did that I used for them for um, re their, you know, their early years, what they were doing in year two, I was then finding now that my younger two that are 11, 15, well, their curriculum was introducing those same words in prep. And so there's a two year and, and disparity, I guess. And a lot of the children I was seeing like back in say 2005, when you first, I first started in pediatrics and prior to that I was in acquired brain injury and mental health. Um, so always had that interest in the brain and how it works. Um, coming in, seeing children that once the curriculum changed we were getting referrals once, you know, for children entering into year one. Then when the prep curriculum came in, oh, little pre-preppies have got to be ready and assessed for prep. So then when the, the Queensland curriculum came in for kindergarten approved program, mm -hmm. as occupational therapists working in paediatrics, we were then getting referrals for more little ones getting picked up that were pre-K. So wow. suddenly you're doing assessments for, for six or seven-year-olds, five or six-year-olds, four or five-year-olds, three or four-year-olds. And a lot of children are still developing. They may not need a diagnosis or have a diagnosis or have anything that's yeah. developmentally out, but parents are feeling a lot more anxious and stressed and pressured to get their child ready for kindy, ready for prep, ready for school, you know, and it's like what a little year two student, my older boys were doing in their, their spelling and their grammar and their punctuation was now introduced to, to prep. Wow. So all your, all your, yeah. So that two year developmentally, um, you know, boys are eight or nine before they're ready to settle. Like if you look at brain 
yes. neurological stuff. Um, girls can take in visual and auditory instruction when they're five or six. Often boys could be seven or eight or nine. So you've got a whole different thing going on. And, um, yeah, so somewhere along the mix of that, I was getting children just to write in an exercise book. If they didn't need speech and because not going into the speech therapy role or psychology, mm-hmm. but just for helping with the visual aspect and handwriting, putting their spellings into sound groups and putting them mm-hmm. just in an exercise book. And I just came up with this little word grid that has all the, um, it's categorized by chapter and you've got all the at, at, it, at, at words, all the M, 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 or your word families and they're graded by the, the last letter. So the D, B, no, G, and it's got 230 of your short vowel words and they're all in a little grid and you can just read across that cat, Matt, dat, da, 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 da. Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah, preppies can just have it as a resource so they can have it in learning hubs and um, it extends their vocabulary and it helps them just go across. And I've got um, apps with it as well, but the apps are currently unavailable because I need to update the to keep up with Google and Apple. Um, mm. So my handwriting really flows into that because a lot of schools are reducing the amount of time and instruction given for handwriting so handwriting is really what makes the letters stick in the brain so the 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 brain imagery for touch typing and keyboarding doesn't light up as much as it does for handwriting yeah and um I discovered that when talking to teachers they just want to do what's best obviously for their children the students they're getting pressured by curriculum in every way and it's like, what can I do that's quick and easy? And yes. um, so what I've been doing in my therapy sessions for children to help them improve their handwriting is evidence-based and very quick and easy. And mm. it's very measurable and observable. And it was developed, the, a program was developed back in, in Queensland by a, a Queensland a special ed teacher and guidance counsellor who's retired now. She did a lot of research on automated handwriting and the benefits for written communication and if you don't have your print script automated so you can't automatically write the letters of the alphabet from a to z within the correct pace that you need to Mm -hmm. for example and then you learn cursive but this isn't automatic you're juggling two things so by year eight she found in her research that a lot of children were mixed scripting they weren't it wasn't solidified the print they added cursive so they're mixed scripting so cognitively children are like uh two languages yeah and wow so we we do standardized assessments that look at handwriting speed and accuracy and as an ot take on the global or the holistic approach of the child the task the environment work with what's happening and there's a lot you know yeah, how, how do we manage that in in an individual case so that's what our job is and then working with the parents and and the teachers to work what's best for that child and in the end it usually ends up benefiting the whole classroom yeah and um yeah absolutely I've I've seen oh I've seen that it's like it's an (laughs) asset to have a child with some some challenges in a classroom because everyone benefits yes tell me Melissa your vision now I mean I'm listening to you and I'm going wow everyone needs to know about this yes that's your vision as well. Tell me, tell yes. me more. What would you like yes. to achieve with with what you now know and what you want to deliver? Yes. Well, I've I would love that in even though it's not part of the standard curriculum as much as what it should be, the, the benefits of having explicit 
early integrated handwriting instruction that's not necessarily just isolated to handwriting lesson, but be, can be incorporated with reading and spelling. So um, uh, children need to be able to handwrite their spelling to have it solidified and not just type. And so incorporating that, so busy teachers don't need to have the additional prep time of, oh, it's another whole thing. But while we're doing learning our reading, let's write, let's write the words out as we're sounding them and let's write the words out as we're spelling them. So you've got your different memories of letters. You've got your letter name, your letter sound and the letter form. So those three things really solidify the letter and you can't really distinguish and separate them, but there's been a lot of research and focus on reading programs and mm. spelling and handwriting. So it's the digital age. We don't really need it. Is it relevant? But the support in the neural pathways and in actually how you retain and remember, how many times do you write down if you're to remember something? I was talking to a kindergarten teacher yesterday, actually, and she said, oh, I write things down. If I write them down, I remember them. And yes. I was telling her about the course. And um, it, it, it's invaluable. If you're at uni, like my two older boys are at uni, I've been encouraging them, if you want to study, write stuff down. Don't yeah. just do it on the computer because you'll retain it better. So yeah. you've got both ends of the spectrum for learning is retaining short handwritten notes versus um, at prep when they're first learning. So yeah. encouraging teachers to just take time to um, monitor and check that your children can write the correct formation of the letters from A to Z, mm. lower and uppercase. And there's a very quick little strategies and processes that I um, have in my course that make sure that teachers will monitor that and can incorporate it into reading and spelling very easily. Mm. And um, the lady that developed the program and did the research at the University of Queensland did it all through her school district back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And she had the speech therapists, the OTs, the teachers, the parents, all on board and they didn't introduce lines to the students for their handwriting until possibly year two once all the children could write all the letters correctly um, and they had that instruction and it, it's not that time consuming once it's put in place to just monitor and make yeah. sure the children are actually writing the letters regardless of their ability in that way as long as they can hold a pencil and they don't have an intellectual disability or a physical disability that's too hindering then they can learn to form the letter with that right instruction. And then it, their grammar, their punctuation, their spelling blossoms because they're, they're not going, oh, how do I write the letter T? Yeah. Oh, hang on, what, what's the capital? Oh, and in a classic example, I always say to teachers and parents is the cat sat on the mat mm. and the children will act the cat. They'll say the cat, they'll draw the cat. But if they can't write the letter T, they go, hmm, um, Oh, what was that again? I can't remember because all the cognitive power is to how to write the letter T and they get stuck. They can't even get past the rest of the sentence. Oh, wow. So wow. Was, it's amazing. Mm. And so the product that you're creating? Yes. So the product that, I'm, does, that I have is an up-to-date evidence-based short online course for teachers to teach them the simple strategies that they can put into place straight away in their classroom. Takes a couple of minutes and it's done. And so what I've been doing with children in my home programs for occupational therapy is three or four times a week, five or 10 minutes at home, practicing the letters of the alphabet and putting in place those things. And it's that simple. And the evidence supports uh, in the course, I talk about how you can put that into your literacy centers and, and how parents and teachers 
can benefit from that and see the children flourish with their literacy. So good. Amazing. Yeah. That's wonderful. And how far along are you with your progress of? Yeah. Um, I'm up to the beta testing stage, yay! which I've got, yay, I've got a handful of um, OTs and teachers that are willing to do that with me. And through your kind instruction and suggestion, I'm um, doing that partly live and partly recorded. So for their schedule and mine, I'm sending some lessons that I've recorded for them to, to look at. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Tweak it. Yeah. Yeah. And tweak it with their feedback and then what's yes. next? And then hopefully um, upload it and then add it to my website, which is my Ricardo Reading Mouse website, which is um, Learn to Read, Write and Spell, and then market it to busy educators so that it's about an hour of their time that they will um, no doubt see the, the benefits of with that evidence-based instruction in that explicit handwriting in their, their students and they'll see um, and you can you can monitor because uh, they do reading assessments as well. Mm -hmm. I'm really keen to see because I've heard um, that the reading fluency improves, um, you know, with the handwriting automaticity. So when their letters are automatic, the reading fluency. So I'd love to ask teachers if they could do a pre and post, like not non-official type research. And so if you've got some children that are struggling could you tell me what their reading fluency scores are? Let's get their handwriting automaticity scores because you get a rate of a letter per minute and it rates per year level. Yeah. So say for year four, you should be doing 50 letters a minute um, in your automaticity. And then we could track that. And um, I chart it with graphs and things when I'm doing my OT and you can, it's very observable and measurable. Oh, amazing. Wonderful. Right, right. And then, and then we need more people to take it on board and then yes. the, the wildfires too. I know, and just have it. <laughs> and so, Melissa, in putting together your programs and, you know, you're in the process of doing that and getting more people aware of what you're doing and, and hopefully getting a lot of people to sign up, tell us about what you've learnt along that journey of face-to-face -face delivery to online delivery and that might be helpful for other people. Yes, I have learnt um, so much from you, Megan, which has oh, been really you. supportive. It, it is because you can feel like you're alone out there as an allied health professional, our training and expertise is not in marketing and it's not in course creation or sales, but it's in that care and provision of services for people. And in this day and age, I really, there's really that need. People want to learn from their own home and they're, they're safe with COVID and all of those things. So um, I guess what I've learned is that what we do have as allied health professionals is very valuable. And there is so much that people would benefit from our our knowledge and our services and um, and being confident that we do have the skills and don't um, shrink back and go, oh, maybe I'm not good enough or maybe I can't do it. But with your support and the support of a community of course creators that are allied health professionals and are taking that step, um, we can support one another and um, get our course out there before the audiences that will really benefit it from it. Um, yeah. So oh, it's been really supportive and um, I'm really excited. Oh, wonderful. Oh, yeah. I just, just can't wait to, you know, more and more people will find what you're doing and, and find yes. out about it and it'll just benefit them and it's, it's amazing work. So how can people get in touch with you if they want more information? Yes, you can get in touch with me um, via my website, which is ricardoreadingmouse.com.au, which I'm sure um, Megan will put in the, the yes. feed there. And yeah, <laughs> just send me a contact, contact me via that or... Um, if you know me through Facebook, I have handwriting for OTs, 
handwriting tips for teachers um, handwriting groups that I run, you can message me through Facebook and I'd be happy to help and support your students with their classroom needs and as parents and also therapists that are interested in handwriting or anything related to child development, um, I love to work with. Brilliant. Melissa, thank you so much for your time. Thank it's you. been so interesting talking to you as always. <laughs> thank and, you. And um, yeah, can't wait to hear about your ongoing success. So thanks yeah, so much thank again. You. Really appreciate your support. <laughs>